keeping drivers happy. Shippers adjust their packaging and Walmart makes new investments in a trucking fleet. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories, as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the group editorial director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Right Height. How are you helping to keep your workers on the dangerous drive approach safe? Approach view from Right Height detects backing motion in the drive approach and presents an immediate clear, audible, and visible warning to pedestrians in front of the loading dock. For more information, visit righthite.com. That's R-I-T-E-H-I-T-E.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors, Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham, will be along to provide their insights into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, with employment rates at near historically low levels, companies must find ways to hold on to their employees, whatever it takes. That's especially true with trucking firms, which for years has faced a shortage of qualified drivers. What should these companies do to attract and retain the drivers that they need? To find out, here's Ben with today's guest. Ben? Freight capacity in the U.S. trucking sector has been historically tight for the past year, leading to high prices and space crunches for retailers and shippers. But that cycle may now be coming to an end, judging by the latest trucking sector statistics. Despite those macro changes, our guest today says that trucking as a career is recession-proof, even when high demand subsides. To learn more, we have our visiting speaker, Dmitry Kirilov, who is President, Consumer Services of Montway Auto Transport. Dmitry, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, to begin, maybe you could describe your company, Montway Auto Transport, and the role it plays within the greater trucking sector, uh, since, of course, there are many categories in that area, you know, truckload, LTL, flatbed, it goes on and on. Um, uh, the official name of the company is Montway LLC. It was uh, uh, created uh, exactly 15 years ago. Um, and uh, we've been growing and making the Inc. 500 and 5,000 lists through the years. Um, uh, we specialize in auto transport. Um, uh, biggest part of the business is in the retail privately owned vehicles uh, transportation, but we also work uh, on the B2B side with moving relocation companies uh, and uh, dealerships, OEMs, auctions, and so on. Uh, and we, this has been a growing sector for us uh, rapidly in the past few years. Um, that being said, you know, we basically have two customers, uh, the shippers and the carriers, and we're kind of in between them, uh, making sure that everybody's happy in the process. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, we must be doing something right because uh, we've been uh, rapidly growing and uh, we're one of the top five uh, auto broker services in the United States. Gotcha. Thank you. Uh, now, we've all heard a lot about the driver shortage, uh, and you say that recruiting new drivers and reducing turnover, once you have them, uh, is now a priority for companies large and small. Um, it's even gotten some attention in Washington, D.C., uh, as lawmakers and regulators um, and in the industry looks for ways to speed up the uh, overall supply chain. Um, how's that going? Well, 
uh, any help is welcome, including and specifically from Washington DC, because uh, you know a lot of the issues cannot be resolved without uh, their help. Uh, you know, there's infrastructure issues, there's uh, modernization of the ports, of uh, roads, parkings, uh, availability, and so on, uh, that are very difficult to be resolved without uh, government um, uh, help. Uh, there's also, you know, they've been working uh, uh, specifically on uh, changing the requirements of uh, uh, how you can obtain a CDL license, which is also important because in, in many cases, votes are very difficult to, to obtain. Um, uh, there's specific requirements that, uh, you know, for age, for example, where, you know, many people would have already chosen a different career before they uh, they're eligible to become a truck driver there's still a huge issue with uh, insurance because even if uh, the government allows you to get um, a driver's license on a younger age um, so uh, you know they can tap into the younger workforce um, the insurance company are not exactly uh, jumping over each other to to insure such drivers so that's a that's a big issue as well uh, that needs to be addressed yeah, interesting. I, I can imagine that. Um, so did, despite that increased focus, it, it's really a hard challenge. Um, the, the long haul trucker lifestyle can be demanding, of course. Uh, can you give us some ideas of changes that can make a difference? Um, yes, yeah, so, so some of those, uh, again, Washington DC is already working on, uh, you know, uh, making sure that uh, military, former military personnel that has uh, worked on with uh, heavy uh, whole equipment in the military uh, can uh, uh, almost uh, without uh, much of uh, uh, jumping through hoops can get a CDL and that's actually a great career for somebody coming back from the military um, because you know one they're kind of used to being away from home and unfortunately you know that's one of the drawbacks of the, the long haul uh, drivers it's yeah. being away from home it is uh, it is a good uh, a good paying job but it is demanding and um, um, you know there are other steps that the government is taking but uh, at the end of Today it's a more of a PR advertisement, if you will. I mean, back in the 80s, uh, Sylvester Stallone was the truck driver and the, the hero in the movies. Uh, now, you know, the best that they get is uh, being the stalker or uh, you know the mass murderer in uh, TV <laughs> in TV right. shows. So right. uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's also a big part of PR perception of people how people percept uh, you know get, get this uh, perception of the trucking uh, the trucking industry and uh, what uh, truckers. And in reality, is actually a, a very good, uh, stable, paying job uh, that uh, you know you can support your family without having to go five, six years through college and make uh, you know a very nice uh, salary. Right, right. No, that, and that's a great point about the public relations and, and the, the movie and TV roles that, that you see on that. Uh, that. That's striking when you say that. Um, but you're saying uh, that, that both, you know, current and future truck drivers, you know, really want to have a more satisfying work experience. Um, that, that's true probably for all of us, uh, regardless of our career choice. Um, but what, what makes uh, trucking different in terms of uh, sort of the day-to-day the, the -day experience? Well, 
it's mostly about uh, being away from home and uh, part of the issue actually is not so much uh, the lack of drivers even currently but it's uh, uh, the lack of over the road or the long haul drivers uh, mm. there's so many opportunities for last mile deliveries uh, uh, that are still paying pretty well you know locally uh, and um, you know allow you to spend the night at home versus driving uh, across the country and sleeping in your truck or in a motel yep um so uh, you know companies like uh, amazon and uh, everything that uh, we've we've kind of gotten used to in the past uh, four four or five years uh, overnight deliveries or a next day delivery however you want to call it or sometimes even same day delivery uh is basically drawing from that pool of uh, over the road drivers and uh, uh, shortening the you know the supply in that focus and uh, because our infrastructure is so old uh, there's no really uh, at the moment we cannot supplement that because uh, the railroad infrastructure is 100 years old nothing has really dramatically changed in the past 100 years in it mm -hmm. um, the um, uh, the ports are your grandfather's ports, pretty much. Uh, you know, compared to other ports across the world, you know, they are not uh, they are much less digitized. They work uh, shorter hours uh, versus uh, 24 hours in other ports and other places. So there's many places where the supply chain actually hits on uh, on a hard uh, uh, hard issues. And at the end, even if everything gets out of the ports right uh unless it gets on a truck immediately you know there's really no uh storage spaces where it could be stored uh, for the time being uh so it's kind of a vicious circle right and uh, uh again you know needs the government intervention uh to invest in that infrastructure to be modernized so um all these good workers and well well old machine right and there's some room uh for error because even before the pandemic the in uh, the whole supply chain was just barely surviving uh and working and getting the the basically working at maximum capacity mm -hmm. so any small deviation from that was bound to to bring a, a big big issues right like uh, yeah. the, the the 30 40 80 ships waiting to be unloaded uh, then uh, you know not enough truckers uh, to to get the loads out of there uh, and uh, you know even the the railroads being overwhelmed to to take uh, to take some of this um, in the right direction those are some great points about the aging infrastructure and and about the uh, the, the sort of the delicate edge of, uh, of the just-in-time system there. Um, as a as a last question um, for our conversation here, um, what one of the ways you know with, with all those challenges uh, to make any work more satisfying is to have a fair paycheck at the end of the day. Um, it, is that true in trucking? And uh, what needs to happen to let more workers know about it? It's never been more true than it is today because uh, everyone is competing uh, with uh, each other to bring uh, truckers um, uh, to, be, to bring drivers to their fleet. Uh, I've been reading advertising recently of uh, uh, paying uh, 95 cents per mile and uh, you know a trucker would generally do about 2500 a week without uh, having to work every day of the week. Um, so you know that amounts to roughly 100 plus thousand depending on uh, you know how you calculate it uh, for the year so um, 
it's never been more true. So 15 years ago, when I started my career in logistics, uh, the best drivers and the most experienced drivers were getting roughly half than that. So obviously we have gone a long way into the fair paycheck, but there are other things, right? There, uh, uh, again, for, for me as a driver, uh, you know, the government introduced the electronic logbooks. So, um, you know, if there's no infrastructure for me to stop and rest, uh, I'm faced, uh, you know, I'm coming to the nearest parking lot, right? And I have another, let's say, 30 minutes to drive for the day and the parking lot's full mm. so now i have a choice to either park illegally and potentially get a ticket <laughs> or drive to the next one that may be more than 30 minutes away and get a ticket because i'm over hours right so um, um there are the challenges again with infrastructure and um, uh, internally for the companies of how do can they can make the driver driver life uh, easier uh and uh, more appealing for them to 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 take votes because uh, trucking, uh, long haul trucking is not going away anytime soon. Um, so uh, we have to figure out um, uh, everything that we can do to Got make it. this more appealing to, to people to, to sign up for. Got it. Got it. Those are some really great points uh, and, and, and subjects that we will continue to, uh, to cover on the magazine. Uh, Dimitri, I really appreciate your taking the time to have our conversation with us today. Well, thank you very much for having me and uh, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate it. Uh, our guest today on the podcast has been Dmitry Kirilov from Montway Auto Transport. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, Dmitry and Ben. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. Victoria, you wrote this week that with rising costs and disruptions for packaging supplies, companies are making changes. What more can you tell us? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to share this information, Dave. So a survey of 300 packaging industry decision makers uh, shows that most are shifting their priorities in response to inflation and supply chain disruptions over the past year. Uh, the survey, which is titled Unpackaging Reality Report, was published this past Wednesday by printing and packaging company R.R. Donnelly and Sons. Now, the decision makers they surveyed were U.S.-based procurement, marketing, and packaging engineering professionals from really a variety of industries. One of the main findings was that 90% of those surveyed said they've changed how their packaging is sourced in the past year. The research also found that increased prices for materials and supply shortages presented the biggest hurdles for the industry, um, with more than half of respondents reporting they have been strongly affected by those kinds of challenges. The bottom line, according to the research, is that the packaging industry um, has changed in some big ways over the past year, and those include becoming more innovative um, in a variety of ways, changing in response to e-commerce pressures, um, and the industry also has made what the researchers referred to as surprising strides in sustainability, despite the cost pressures um, they've been under. Victoria, can you give us some details on those issues? Absolutely. So on the innovation side, um, and this largely has to do with sourcing, which I mentioned at the outset, 62% of respondents said they have diversified suppliers in the past year, 42% have outsourced manufacturing and fulfillment, 39% of consolidated suppliers, and 26% say they've reshored their manufacturing to uh, the US. What's more, um, there is what the researchers called a broad willingness to pivot to different packaging materials, 
in light of the um, supply chain sourcing challenges. More than a third of industry professionals said they were extremely willing to use alternative materials uh, as one example. And in doing so, most of them are turning to their suppliers, vendors, or even directly, directly to material manufacturers um, for advice and insight on that. When it comes to online ordering and e-commerce, the majority of respondents said they experienced an increase in e-commerce orders over the past one to two years, which is not surprising. Um, and for nearly all of them, that was, I think it was something like 92%, this resulted in an increase in their packaging needs. And that led to many of them increasing their inventory, expanding warehousing, changing materials, um, and increasing staff. Um, on the environment, the authors said the survey findings contradict the sentiment that sustainability initiatives fell to the back burner, you know, as companies have been grappling with other priorities or, you know, pressures. And we've heard this quite a bit over the past year, but what, what, what the research found is that almost all of the respondents agreed that sustainability is a key consideration in packaging and label decisions, with two thirds saying they shifted to more sustainable packaging than what they used to use. Um, when considering, you know, going this route, uh, budget is the top influencing factor, more so than any external relations or even consumer preferences. Um, and the research says that suggests that, you know, cost-effective, eco-friendly materials are really what's in high demand now. So just a lot of uh, changes going on in the packaging industry, and uh, our listeners can see the full report um, on the R.R. Donnelly website, and there's a link to that in the story that we posted this uh, past week. Great, and uh, we'll also include a direct link to that report in the show notes that's available yes. on many of the podcast platforms, so look for that there. Thank that's you, Victoria. Right. You're welcome. And Ben, we talked earlier about truck driver retention, and you wrote some additional stories this week on trucking trends, including an investment from Walmart in their trucking fleet. What can you tell us? Exactly so, and uh, you know that, like the old uh, ad used to say, when when uh, E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. And I think the same is for uh, to, true to some extent for Walmart. That they're they're obviously a huge presence in in the uh, U.S. or even uh, world retail market. In this case, it's what Walmart is doing around trucking. Um, we've been talking about that a lot lately, and it's for some obvious reasons. The trucking sector has had very tight freight capacity for many months now. Uh, so it's been hard for shippers to move their inventory on time or a different price, decent price when they can move it. Uh, and now that it looks like economic growth is slowing with those higher interest rates in order to cramp inflation, it looks like freight demand might also be slowing. Uh, but at the same time, costs are continuing to rise, both for that scarce labor and for the expense of gas. Uh, so it, it's complicated out there. Um, you know, in that context where retailers are struggling to get their goods onto the store shelves. Um, and, and that's where all this comes down to Walmart. Um, so we learned this week that Walmart has decided to install a touchscreen computer tablet in every vehicle of its private fleet. Uh, and again, as I was saying, that's not just any fleet. Uh, we're talking about 9,000 tractors. Uh, they also have 80,000 trailers uh, and about 12,000 drivers to move all those. Uh, they need that kind of scale because, of course, Walmart is big. They have 200 distribution centers and uh, about 10,000 stores. So to get those computer tablets into the um, truck cabs, Walmart used a transportation tech provider called Platform Science. It's actually a San Diego startup uh, that's backed by Daimler, of all people, and uh, as, as well as some venture capitalists. 
and uh, it, platform science also provides some of that um, fleet management software in trucks that are uh, built by Daimler uh, itself. So, Ben, that's a pretty big installation of tablets. How will it actually help Walmart's trucking challenges? Yeah, here's how here's how it works in Walmart's view. Uh, it, each tablet computer is integrated with a driver workflow software application, and this is something that was developed by Walmart. Uh, so put together, that system will provide near real-time visibility, the company said, of where the trucks are and, of course, all the inventory on them. So Walmart said that that data will let stores anticipate the arrival times, just specific truck by truck, so they can plan their labor levels around the truck deliveries. Uh, the key to how that works is automated notices. So as each truck driver approaches a store destination uh, on the highway or whatever, the tablets use geolocation technology to send a push notification, uh, perhaps a text or an email, to store associates' handheld uh, computer devices. And so that allows the labor on site to plan for a quick unload and turnaround. Uh, from the driver's point of view, Walmart said uh, the approach removes some of the manual tasks they usually have to do so the drivers can spend more time driving the truck and less time waiting. Uh, Walmart also said the system could help drivers by coordinating that kind of scheduling with the navigation so they can get turned around and hit the road to the next destination, for example, without having to key in the new address. So Walmart said that, quote, like any job, unplanned activities sometimes require the driver to do more than just steer the truck. So with the new tablets, the company said that drivers are compensated for any miles or non-driving activities beyond what was originally planned. Uh, so that's according to Walmart, not the drivers, but uh, it, it seemed to have, you know, all the different parties in mind here, the, uh, the, the, the drivers, the inventory, the, the labor on the ground. So um, if, if they can bring all those working together, it could maybe be one part of solving that uh, complicated truck picture. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting to see how technology continues to impact our space. Thanks, Ben. Yep, interesting stuff. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. And check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. And again, our thanks to Dmitry Kirilov of Montway Auto Transport for being our guest today. We welcome your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. And speaking of subscribing, we encourage you to check out our new sister podcast series, Supply Chain in the Fast Lane. It's co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. We have a new series of program launching next week on supply chain digitization. So subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane wherever you get your podcasts. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Right Height. How are you helping to keep your workers on the dangerous drive approach safe? Approach view from Right Height detects backing motion in the drive approach and presents an immediate clear, audible, and visual warning to pedestrians in front of the loading dock. For more information, visit righthight.com. That's righthight.com. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters. When we'll discuss all of those product shortages we've been experiencing this summer, including the baby formula, and what can be done to stabilize our supply chains. So be sure to join us. Until then, have a great week.